welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors, and sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. For sports collecting news 24-7, visit SportsCollectorsDaily.com. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cash, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It's season four, episode 19. It is the weekend of May 15th, and you are listening to the nationally ranked sports podcast. My name is Jeff Baker. I am your host of the program, talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And guys, I'm re-recording this episode because we had problems recording with Drew this morning, so I had to re-record the show. So Drew is not with this episode this week because of technical difficulties. I just want to remind everyone that we have our radio show on the Sports Map Radio Network. It is called Sports Collectors Club. It's on sportscollectorsclub.com online. You can listen to all the old episodes, or you can go to sportsmapradio.com to find out uh, where the show is broadcast. It is on Sunday mornings from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. and then re- repeated again from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And you can listen to it uh, on your local Sports Map Radio network, or you can listen to it on your Sports Map Radio app, which you can download in your app store. Once again, the name of the show is sportscollectorsclub.com. Check it out. Well, I had a, a big week. I uh, just got back from Atlanta. My daughter graduated from Emory University and had a great time at the graduation. Uh, when I came back, I had eight TTM returns waiting for me. I picked up uh, three Bowman Blaster boxes at Target. They're coming in in a couple of days online. My wife picked them up for me. So really excited about that. And also I got my 1980 top set basketball set graded by CSG. And I got it back in the mail yesterday. So very happy with the, the grades on that. Got uh, nines, eights, nines, uh, and some sevens, and, and I think one or two six and a halfs, but all in all, very happy. Thank you for to CSG for grading that. It was uh, very cool. As I said, we are uh, Drew is not with us for this show because I had technical difficulty and had to re-record the show. So we're going to wing it without Drew. This week, we have a great show. We have an interview with Susie LeJudai. Suze is the, uh, has her own online newsletter called The Card Chat. She works at Golden as an editor on Golden Auction. She's also been uh, with Tops as a mark, director of marketing, and as Beckett as an editor, and she is a great content creator. And we talked to Suze about what's going on in the hobby, so stick around with that. Next week, we have Ray Schulte from the National, the Director of Communications. We're going to talk everything national. And I had an interview with Nick Andrews. Nick has been collecting the 1986 Flair basketball set, and he is getting it autographed, and he's got about 40% of it signed through TTM. And I think he needs five or six cards to complete a set. And we're going to talk to uh, hear from Nick next week. So next week, Ray Schulte and uh, Nick Andrews. But this week, we have the Sue's, Sue's the Judai. Uh, we have a great show for you coming up. We have all our regular segments, including Baker's Dozen, more from Les with Les Wolf. We have a segment with Les Wolf this week. We have Making the Grade. We have Stamp of Approval. We have the Vern Rap Minute, and we have our TTM returns. Please send us your comments, questions to ttmcast at yahoo.com, or you can text us at 978-729-0662. Once again, send us your questions and your comments to ttmcast at yahoo.com uh coming up next is baker's dozen 
Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a news summary of what's been going on in the hobby. I want to remind everyone to check out my article on sportscollectorsdaily.com. Uh, it's an article on TCM and autograph collecting tips, and Drew has been helping contribute to, contribute to that. Contribute to that. So check it out, sportscollectorsdaily.com. We're giving away a uh, brand new Artist Gilmore book. It's called Here Comes the A-Train. It's available on, on YouTube youtube on youtube it's available on amazon it's called here comes the a train we're going to give away a, a brand new copy of his book it is not autographed but we are giving away a copy of the artist gilmore book so if you want to register to win artist gilmore's book send me your name and email at mailing address to ttmcast at yahoo.com once again the mailing address email address to register for artist gilmore's new book here comes the a train is ttmcast at yahoo.com some news to share with you. Uh, the Cards Life, which is a great TV show for, for focusing on collecting and cards. Um, they have their new episode, episode um, 11, cover, covering the, uh, it is coming from South Carolina and is airing nationwide on Valley Sports. You can go to the cardlifetv.com to learn more about the show. You can also go on YouTube. The uh, Oklahoma episode is available on YouTube, so check it out want to congratulate our friends at collects.app they're approaching 100,000 users which is really cool collects.app is a great app what you do is you scan your card in using the app the app is free you scan your card in and you get the front front back of the card the ai picks up what the card is and that gives you the sell price of the last i don't know 20 sales of that card on ebay it's really cool. It's nice to use when you go to a show, scan a card. You can see that it's sold for $8, $10, but the gentleman uh, is only asking a dollar for it. Then you know what? You want to buy that card. But if he's asking $25, you can show him, look, he's only sold for, for $8 or $10. And I'll give you, I'll give you $8 and, and we have a deal. So it's a good negotiating tool. Check it out. It's called the collects.app, C-O-L-L-X.app. And it is free. Our friends at Lana Sports and Dropping Dimes, droppingdimes.org, raises, raises money for a, former ABA players uh, to help them out with uh, necessities. Uh, They're not covered by the NBA pension. Well, our friends at Lana Sports have a signature ball series, and this month's um, release is George McGinnis, who's a great player in the ABA, in the NBA. He has a, You can get a signed ABA basketball by George McGinnis for $200, basically. And all the money goes to help former ABA players in uh, droppingdimes.org. Go check it out, lanasports.com. Moving along, we have some more signers at the National. Uh, Ted Simmons, um, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. Lenny Wilkins uh, from the NBA. Brian Bosworth, former linebacker with the Seattle uh, Seahawks. Randy White from the Dallas Cowboys. Dave Robertson from the linebacker from the Green Bay Packers have all been added to signers at the national. 
Tickets go on sale for uh, all autographed tickets on May 26th. Go to nccshow.com. That's nccshow.com. That's the national. It's going to be July 27th to the 31st in Atlantic City. And Drew and I will be there. We'll have all sorts of stuff going on, and we will let you know what, uh, what's going on with TTM cast at the national. But check out uh, all the autographed signers at the national on uh tickets go on sale may 26th and as i said at the beginning ray schulte from the national will be on our show next week we have some new show news to uh let everyone know about there's a pittsburgh card show may 20th to the 22nd it's ten dollars per day admission it's at the monroeville pennsylvania convention center and it's very a lot of great guests ken tacolvi alan trammell bill mazeroski greg jeffries bob robertson robin yout Paul Mulder, Sam McDowell, former guest on the show, Andre Reed, Franco Harris, and all sorts of other pirates and Steelers and Penguins will be there. Check it out. It's mainlineautographs.com. This is the Pittsburgh Card Show at Monroeville, Pennsylvania, May 20th to 22nd. The Dallas Card Show is coming up May 19th to the 22nd. They're going to have over 600 tables. It's going to be a big show. Lots of autograph guests, including Bob Lilly, Jim Sundberg, Zach Thomas, Billy Sims, Whitey Herzog, and Jim Jeffcoat. Check it out, Dallas Card Show, uh, and that is May 19th to the 22nd. And lastly, there's a show in on June, June 2nd to the 5th. It's the Sports Card Expo in Toronto. It's sportscardexpotoronto.com. June 2nd to the 5th, all sorts of guys signing, including Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Yami Yager, Curtis Joseph, Bob Ganey, and Pete Mahovlich. So there's a lot of uh, hockey guys there as well. Check it out. Go to sportscardexpotoronto.com. That show is June 2nd to the 5th. We have some new releases to let you know about. Uh, we had the 2021-2022 Crown Royal basketball release from panini one autograph card one memorabilia two inserts or par two parallels and four other cards the boxes go for about seven hundred dollars a little high end but still really nice cards a lot of die cut cards in it this is the 2021 22 panini crown royal basketball a nice baseball release the 2022 tops tribute baseball there's six packs per box three cards per pack they each uh card each packet will have a one hit an autograph or a relic plus two additional cards there's 100 cards in the base set and they're going between 425 and 500 dollars i've seen a couple breaks on them and it is a nice uh card look nice looking card and the hits look really cool so i would check that out and lastly we have the donruss uh, diamond kings baseball 12 packs uh, per box eight cards per pack you get one auto one memorabilia two gray frame parallels and one plum frame parallel they go for about 85 dollars i've seen a couple breaks on these and i don't really care for them uh, i would say pass on them but i want to let everyone know donruss diamond kings baseball is coming uh has been released as well for 85 dollars well that wraps up baker's dozen for the week next up we're going to hear more from less now uh, we're going to have uh Les Wolf, who has been a collecting autographs for more than 60 years. And he's going to, we're going to talk to Les about being prepared for in-person autographs. Please enjoy my time with Les Wolf. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend, Les Wolf. 
The legend is in the building, guys. The legend is in the building. <laughs> it is time for our uh, bi-weekly weekly segment. It's called More From Less. And, of course, I'm talking about a professional, professional industry pioneer, Les Wolf from Les Wolf Sports LLC. Les has been collecting autographs for over 60 years. He knows more about autograph collecting than anyone in the world. Welcome back to the program, Les. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I don't know if I know more than anybody. I just know a little bit. You know a little bit about me more than me. You're very obviously you bring a ton of experience to the program, and that's why we have you on to, to tap your brain and find out what's the best way to protect your autographs and get autographs and, and invest in autographs. And this week we're really going to talk about being prepared, being prepared like a Cub Scout or a Boy Scout when you go and get an autograph in person. There's a lot of things to consider, but. First is really uh, what the what you can have the athlete use to sign sign your uh, items, right? Yeah, I mean, I, through trial and error, I kind of established what you know what pens to use on what items. Um, I usually like to use on a ball a ball an extra fine point blue only fine point uh, big pen on a, on a baseball because what I found is when you use different kind of pens, they bleed either they bleed or they fade. More often than none, the extra fine point blue big pen is the best on baseballs. And unfortunately, I had to find out the hard way that that's what you need to use. And on photos, a lot of, you know, we started back in the 70s, my friends and I, when we started getting color photos, we, we bought them from a, a legendary uh, collector and a dealer named Greg Tucker. He's one of the first that got the color photos. He got them from another legend, Russell Raphael who would work at the time he worked with Photofile, Mike Aronstein's company. So what we, you know, when it came to photos, we'd use just a standard blue, blue uh, Sharpie. But as time went by, and as we started collecting further, uh, I noticed that there's a Stadler, S-T-A-E-D-T-L-E-R. It's a thinner point pen, but it's, ma it's mainly used for cards for baseball cards, football, basketball. But when you use this on a photo, it's thinner, not as thick as a Sharpie. But what I notice is it doesn't, you don't have to worry so much about it smearing. Mm -hmm. Sharpies don't dry that quickly. Stadlers dry much quicker. And then as time went by, uh, I did a signing with um, a bunch of baseball pitchers at the time. And uh, got to remember the Yankee pitcher that, uh, had told me that he used a Stadler and he signed like 3000 cards with one Stadler because what they do and they don't fade, they don't fade. You got to, of course you have to erase the cards like hall of fame, plaque cards, yellow ones. You got to use baby powder and rub it on the, on there to get the gloss off. So when the order, when the hall of famer signs the top yellow, it'll come out better and you can use the Stadler. The Stadler or a blue ballpoint pen, depending upon what you like. But nowadays, the big thing with collecting, which I'm sure you know, Jeff, is people want this stuff to be mint 10 autographs. And usually when you want to do that, you want to send one Stadler to, if you mail it through the, through the mail, like Jeff does and a lot of us like to do, you want to mail them one of these pens. But these pens are like five bucks each. And, but the, and they're great pens. And and they hold up for a long period of time. Ryan Duren was the was the whole of, was the uh, base Yankee pitcher. I just remembered that told me he signed three thousand with one pen. 
But if you want to get the optimum, I would say use it for maybe 20, 20 to 50 autographs. You'd probably be fine is the pen. On, on footballs, I've had good success with a brand new silver Sharpie or uh, let me see. I also have the, another on hand. Um, is it recollections is a silver Sharpie like pen, but you can't use these too many too often because these dry up. I noticed that the blue, the uh, silver and the gray and the gold Sharpies, you can't use them too often. They, they dry up way too quickly. So yeah, I found, to, I found that as well. The civil, silver, especially they dry up really quick, but the recollections, I think you can get them at Michael's. Those, those usually are the best to get the, um, to get them signed on footballs and uh, basketballs. So, I mean, that's usually the, uh, you know, what I would say is the best to use to get that signed. Um, black and white postcards like this, the manager one, it depends on your preference, but usually, like I said before, once again, the, uh, the, Stadler, pen, the Stadler marker is the best to use on that. Um, I think that covers just about everything. Photos. How, how about uniforms? Photos. Uniforms is very, very tricky. Um, I, I still like the, the, it depends if you're getting the number signed. I always say, do not get any numbers signed that are rubber. You want them to be a material. I learned because I had a Bill Walton game used uh, uh, clipper jersey that was a rubber, rubber number. It'll fade into it. So I still like the Stadler pens. The Stadlers, you know, hold up and, and they look really, really good on them. So that that's what I, that's from my experience, that's what I've used. So, you know, most people, you know, you, 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 you play around with you, you do it on a test, on, test a certain jersey or a basketball and you see what you like the most on that jersey, how it comes out the best for you, for your liking. Now, how about for baseballs? Do you prefer having just one autograph per baseball, or uh, do you mind having multiple uh, signatures on a baseball? That's a great question, uh, Jeff, because when I started collecting baseballs um, in the 70s, I very rarely would get baseball signed unless I was going for an old-timers day or a Hall of, Fame, Hall of Famers. And we'd go up to Cooperstown, we'd get as many Hall of Famers on one baseball, not thinking about you know, at that time, we had the mentality, the more guys you get on a baseball, the more valuable it should be. But in, in actuality, that's not the case. You're better off getting single sign baseball sign, meaning get one guy on the sweet spot. That's that'll hold up the value. Like the collection I just bought today, there was a couple of baseballs that had um, he had a bunch of Hall of Famers on it. Where are they? Where is it? Uh, yeah, here we go. He had it signed by Berra, Mize, Boudreaux, had Lindstrom. And I said, you know what? Had you have gotten like a Lindstrom single sign baseball, that would have been much more valuable than getting 16 guys on it with a bunch of guys that are not Hall of Famers, like Frank Thomas, Bill Scourin, Tommy Holmes, Ralph Franca. That's the mentality of the 70s collectors, 70s and 80s. We'd get as many as we could. We wouldn't get single sign because at the time, three five dollars for these baseballs was a lot of money. That's when a car fare to get to the to the uh, a bus and a train was like thirty five to fifty cents each way. So three dollars was uh, almost a 
is like three days worth of car fare. So you, you wouldn't want to spend $3 on a baseball. So back in the day, we would get the multi amount of guys on it. And I still have my Hall of Fame balls that I got back in the 70s when I go up to Cooperstown. So I, I say, depending upon what you want to collect, I say, preferably the biggest, the biggest part of collecting now is everybody wants single sign Hall of Famers with inscriptions. Even if you do something themed, like you're getting all the guys that had uh, unassisted triple plays or a bunch of guys that had no hitters or something like that, a theme type of ball, would, is that, does that have some value to it? Yes, but you got to remember one thing when you're doing that. Uh, you're collecting them, but how many of those guys are alive? Like, for example, I bought a collection. There's the perfect game pitchers. Now, what he had two different balls, this guy. One, he had Catfish Hunter on a sweet spot, but Hunter didn't put the uh, perfect game because he probably converted a single sign ball into a perfect game ball. Mm -hmm. So it, it depends on your theme. It depends on what you like. I personally think the, per, the actual collector, let him decide what he wants to get signed. You know, if you want to get multiple autographs on that item, get multiple autographs on that item. If you want to get you know, one autograph, that's always the more valuable. Classic example on that perfect game baseballs, the the single sign baseball right now of Kenny Rogers with perfect game inscription is a thousand to fifteen hundred dollar baseball because he won't write that anymore. Now, if you get that baseball with the eleven guys that did that perfect game signing, you're only gonna get a couple of thousand dollars for the ball. But the Kenny Rogers alone is a a thousand fifteen hundred dollars and the Colfax is a valuable ball so you know you tell me which way you'd want to go yeah i mean for me personally I, I i'm old school i like to have the multiple signatures on it but just because i don't have many multiple signature items but uh you know the few items that i do have are multiple signatures in it it's just because i you know i'm at an that event was mentality yeah you know more is better you know you know, actually, in this thing, less is better than more on 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 uh, on on the on the uh, perfect game ball. Classic example, like I said, is Colfax and uh, and Kenny Rogers. Right, and if the guy the guy that's the the guy, the Colfax or whoever, isn't on the sweet spot, that takes away from the value of the ball. Correct. Classic example. You have a five hundred home run ball. Who are the two guys you want on the sweet spot? Yeah, you want Mantle or you want Ted Williams or exactly. Mantle and Williams, exactly. That's so, you, you know, I mean, or you want Mantle alone on the sweet spot, or you know, I think sometimes they should have had Aaron on the sweet spot because he's he's the one that broke the record. But Mantle and Mantle and Williams it seems to be the more popular. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a little quirky in terms of the whole autograph business, how it goes from from uh, the way people want want things to it changes over time. So yeah, I guess you you know like we've talked about this before. You really have to collect for yourself, right? What you like. Exactly, and, uh, you, you can't you can't let anybody tell you what to do. If you if you go in as far as investment, I, I say you still got to collect what you like. Because when the bottom line is when you're done collecting, you got to be able to look at that collection afterwards and say, I really enjoy seeing this baseball because it has all the perfect game winners. Or I like looking at single sign baseballs. 
Is it difficult? I mean, you've been in groups of trying to get autographs and I, you know, is it difficult to have the guy choose the correct uh, pen? Um, you know, or there was, you, <laughs> you have a guy that's, that's in there signing for three or four people and then like, no, I don't want that pen. I want you to use my pen. Is that, is it difficult? It's interesting. What I found a lot of basketball players and football players prefer using a black Sharpie and to get them to stop using, using a black Sharpie can be difficult. I mean, at times I've decided not to get that autograph because I don't want a black Sharpie on my baseball, you know, or some, you know, or something like that. Is there a way around? Is there a way around? Or is there a nice way to say, hey, hey, can you please use my pen? Or it's just a kind of hit or miss in luck of the draw. Well, you can politely ask, but most of the time you kind of feel funny when you're when you're asking a guy and he's in the middle of signing, can you switch pens? Because it's not going to come out on this item. Where do you stand on inscriptions? You know, perfect game this date or Hall of Fame this year? Or is, is that is that worth, you know, going to, when you go to a show to pay extra for that or uh, to ask for an inscription either through the mail or, um, you know, in person? That's a good question. All my years of collecting, I was just happy to get the, the athlete to sign their name. You know, at times, if they had had more time to sign something else, of course, I'd like that. But you got to realize most of the time, the athlete's in a rush to get to, to the stadium or ballpark or whatever that, you know, if they're nice enough to just to sign their name, you don't want to be a pig. And, you know, can you please write uh, 535 home runs or 536 or this or that? So it's, it's, uh, my philosophy is I've always, the keys for me is whenever I've asked for autographs, I say, please. And thank you. And I try to talk to the athlete. Thank you. Um, like, for example, Earl Monroe, the first time I ever met Earl Monroe was after he beat my Knicks, the Washington Bullets at the time, Baltimore Bullets at the time was the team. And I saw him at the hotel and he comes down and I said, Mr. Monroe, I just got to ask you, can you please sign autograph? I got to ask you, how you got to hit those shots on the Knicks? I'm a big basketball player. How do you do it? And you know what he said to me? He said, my man, luck. And I said, no, seriously. He said, yeah, it's luck. I said, no, it's not. But you know what? If I were to ask him to write that on something, you know, he would laugh, but he might do it. But most of the time, I didn't want to infringe upon the privilege of having someone be nice enough to sign their name that I wouldn't ask him to write anything else. Now, when you go, uh, when you bring like a, a picture or a card, do you have it in, in some type of book or some type of holder? Uh, or how's the best way to, to, to get it so that you can ensure that your picture doesn't get damaged or your cards don't get damaged in person I'm talking about? Well, what I've noticed a lot of collectors do, they use that blue, um, like, tape that you use for uh, contracting yeah, tape. Yeah, contracting tape to hold the photo. I'm kind of old school. Uh, I, I got my fingers on I would hold it, put it, you know, put it, lean it on some cardboard or something and hand it to the athlete and have them sign it that way. But the real way to do it is with that uh, blue tape, hold it in one place so it doesn't move and hand it to the athlete. Do you um do you prefer yeah obviously prefer one on one or a smaller crowd than have having a fight fight for position right that's really the wor the worst case scenario don't you think? 
I mean, say that again. I'm... Like when you're in, if you are in person, right? You don't, you don't want to be sitting in in the stands trying to fight with twenty other people trying to get an autograph. You prefer uh, a more private area, private uh, meeting with with these athletes. Oh, of course, we always do. We always hope to have like a one on one, or you know, uh, or a couple other collectors. But when you're collecting at a stadium, it, you, you just got to try to be nice about it, not be pushy and and and, and real aggressive. Uh, what I, what I found at stadiums, you know, you got to be like in a certain spot at the right time. Right. And what I've always noticed, you know, the athlete, you know, you got to respect the athlete or the person that's signing. And, you know, like I said, say please and thank you. And then after they sign, you know, it's, you can continue to talk to them, but move away so someone else can get in, get in there and get the autograph. Sometimes I've been in, in big mosh pits. I remember the worst thing, the worst mosh pit I've ever been in was at the Boxing Hall of Fame about 10 years ago, I think Sylvester Stallone got inducted and everybody rushed the dais and I'm in, I'm in there and I got, got a glove signed for a friend of mine. And I got to tell you, I've never in all my life seen such a mosh pit. <laughs> people were knocked. I lifted up an older woman that got knocked down and one of the security guards got knocked down. It, it was just me, uh, bedlam there. It was the worst I've ever seen. But you know, that that's when I think that collectors got to realize, you know, that, you, you know, it's one thing to get an autograph. It's another thing to, to cause damage to other people. And you just got to move away. And I said to myself, I'm never going to get involved in something like that. You know, I'll walk away. It's not that important for me to get that person's autograph. You know, it was just crazy. Like I lifted up the woman. Thank God she's all right. And every now and when I go up to the Boxing Hall of Fame, when I see this one particular guy that's on the board there, I kid around with him. And I say, you know, thank God we survived that. But, you know, a lot of people aren't that fr privileged to... You know, they get not they get knocked down, beaten up, and whatever in some of these um, crazy bedlam uh, in the stadiums, especially. Sure. Well, we're speaking with Les Welp. Les, of course, is a industry legend and a hobby legend, and uh, he joins the show every other week to talk about what uh, something that's going on with autographs. And, and this week, we're talking about being prepared uh, when you go to get uh, autographs in person. We taught, learned about what pens we should use, what uh, how we should get our, our balls and pictures signed. If you have any questions for Les, you can send it to me directly at ttmcast at yahoo.com or to Les at lwolf1823 at aol.com. That's L-W-O-L-F-F. One eight two three at aol.com. Les is going to join us next uh, in two weeks. He's taking next week off. He has to go to a graduation, so he will be with us on May 29th. We're going to talk about how to uh, protect your collectibles. And if you have any other questions for Les, just send them to me or Les. Again, the email address is ttmcast at yahoo.com. Uh, Les, thanks for joining us again. Thank you. And the next the next topic we're going to do the protecting and preserving. That's going to be two different shows, but. I got to tell everybody, make sure you listen to that one because the most important thing that I've noticed with every collecting collector and every collection, the most important thing you could ever do, whether it be sports, could it be celebrity or even your own personal photos, is protecting and preserving them properly. Because you could have you could have a million dollar collection and you don't take care of it, it's garbage. So all the time, time, energy, and money that you've invested to get that collection, get your Babe Ruth autograph or Lou Gehrig or, or whomever, you've wasted it by not properly protecting and preserving it. So jo join us to our, our, our next edition of More With Less on May 29th. We're going to talk about 
protecting your collection in the following week as well. Les, thank you very much. You have a great week and we'll you talk too. to you on May 29th. Thank you. And congratulations on your daughter's graduation. I'll oh. be going to my son's graduation. Thank you. So, congratulations thank you. to you as well. And I, we will be in touch. Sounds good. Have a good one. Well, I hope you enjoyed my, my talk with Les. Les Wolf uh, will not be with us next week, but he will be with us in two weeks. We're going to talk about how to protect your collection. And Les Wolf knows more about autograph collecting than just about anywhere in the world. And thank Les for his time and expertise. Coming up next, we will have our uh, weekly contest. So this week we're going to give away uh, Artist Gilmore book. His new book is called Here Comes the A-Train. It is available on uh, Amazon and you can check it out. Here Comes the A-Train. If you'd like to register to win a copy of Artist Gilmore's new book, uh, it is not autographed, but uh, send your name and mailing address to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Once again, it's ttmcast at yahoo.com. Or you can text me at 978-729-0662. That wraps up contest. Next up is Making the Grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Making the grade is the summary of what's been going on in the grading community. We got some statistics back from PSA. Uh, they were, their backlog is now only at 3.6 million cards, which does sound a lot, but they were at probably 12 million cards uh, earlier in the year. They're grading about 200,000 cards per week, and they're expecting to be caught up in early fall. They've also opened up their $50 economy service to their collectors club members. So PSA is getting caught up. We got a nice release from our friends at CSG. CSG has introduced a perfect 10 label. Certified Sports Guarantee or CSG is thrilled to unveil an all new label reserved exclusively for the best of the best. The CSG Perfect 10, the bold foil embossed label features an eye-catching lustrous gold Perfect 10 that distinguishes the high caliber cards that have earned the coveted grade. At last, the perfect holder meets the perfect label. A perfect 10 is a card that receives the grade of Gem Min 10 with all four grading criteria, centering, corners, edges, and surface being a 10. This quad 10 is the best a card can be and is flawless under 10 times magnification. For cards to merit the CSG perfect 10 grade, CSG provides complimentary quad 10 subgrades on the back of the label, which underscore the card's impeccable condition. So it's really cool. CSG um, has spent months conducting extensive market testing, and they've come up with this perfect 10 label, and that is available now. So I want to congratulate CSG on introducing the perfect 10 label. They've got new labels. They've upgraded their grading scale. Very cool. Uh, congratulations on CSG. And now they have this new perfect 10 label, that, which is available now. I just want to let everyone know about our friends at DSG or Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. They have been uh, grading cards for over a year now nationally, and they offer a special $5 coupon exclusively to TTMcast listeners. 
just use the code 4HMUGTZG. That's 4HMUGTZG when you check out at DSGgrading.com and you get $5 off their standard gradings, which is $30 and it will only cost you $25. They have a cool thing where you scan the QR code on the label and get to gives you a, a detail of why your card got the grade. They have new ear, they have era labels that you can choose from. They also have next day service that's available as well for extra charge. Check them out. Diamond Service Grading, DSGgrading.com. Next up is TTM Cast Stamp of Approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast Stamp of Approval. Since Drew is uh, unavailable because of technical difficulties, we, as I said, we had uh, recorded this show, but we had to re-record it because the uh, our recording got all messed up, I guess, and we're, we're, I'm re-recording the show for you. But my uh, T, Tim, got stamp of approval this week is the one-touch card holders. I know they, they've been around for a while, but I've recently gotten it, uh, into them, and I think they're really cool. Uh, substitutes for top loaders and they're great to protect your card and to present your cards they're the the, the plastic encased top loaders that are medic, 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 magnetic magnetically that's a mouthful medical magnetically sealed and they're really cool so i would recommend checking out one touch holders i got a, a pack of pack of 25 on amazon and i got them in two days so check them out one touch holders that is my TTM cast stamp of approval. And Drew will be back next week with his TTM cast stamp of approval. Next up is the Burn Rat Minute. The Burn Rat Minute is dedicated to Mr. Burn Rat, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. And uh, this week we, we lost uh, a couple of people in the world of sports and celebrity. First, we lost um, Gino Capaletti. He is a New England Patriots Hall of Famer. He played for the Boston Patriots uh, from 1960 to 1970. He was the 1964 AFL MVP. He was a uh, wide receiver and kicker. And he was also a uh, radio commentator for the Patriots for many years. He was 89 years old. In the world of basketball, we lost Bob Lanier. Bob was an eight-time NBA All-Star. He played for the Detroit Pistons and Milwaukee Bucks from 1970 to 1984. He's a member of the NBA and College Basketball Hall of Fame. He has a size 22 shoe, which is huge. You can see that in the Hall of Fame. He uh, has not signed TTM since 2019. Bob Lanier was 73 years old. In the world of celebrity, we lost Mickey Gilly. Mickey Gilly, Gilly is a country legend. He had um, Mickey Gilly, Gilly's uh, bar, which was featured in the Urban Cowboy, uh, the movie that had John Travolta. It's in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. And Mickey Gilly was 86 years old. And lastly, in the world of baseball, we lost pitcher John Cumberland. John pitched for the Yankees, Giants, Cardinals, and Angels from 1968 to 1974. He uh, TTM'd up until 2021. He also coached for a number of teams, including the Red Sox and the Royals. He spent over 40 years in baseball, and John Cumberland was 75 years old. Well, that uh, wraps up the Vern Rap Minute. Our condolences and simply go out to friends and family who've lost loved ones uh, this week. Next up is our TTM Returns.
Out with the old and in with the new collector approved CSG label. The time is now to take advantage of the reduced reholder fee of just $5 per card when resubmitting your sports cards. Showcase your collection with our new black, silver, and gold label that will complement the colors of any sports card. The special $5 reholder fee is available until June 30th. Head to csgcards.com for details. So I had I had a pretty good week in terms of TTM uh, returns. I had a, a bunch of car, cards come back. Um, I got Willie McGinnis on two cards from the New England Patriots. Willie, I believe, is still the uh, Super Bowl sack leader of, of all time. And he signed uh, a Topps card for me and a, a Flair Heritage card for me, which is very cool. And it took a couple weeks, maybe three weeks. I got uh, two returns from Mark Duper from the uh, Miami Dolphins of 1987 Tops and a 1990 uh, pro set card. Uh, Mark uh, charges $10 per card. I only sent in $10 and he sent me a note that said $10 short, but he did si- sign both my cards and he signed it super duper with his number, which was kind of cool. And that took about three weeks. I got some 1980 uh, tops football cards back and uh, these all took a couple weeks. I got Fred Dreyer from the uh, Los Angeles Rams and he also was a uh, star of TV on, uh, on the show Hunter. He signed and personalized it for me. I got Wallace Francis, who was wide receiver with the Atlanta Falcons. I got Joe Danello, Joe Danello, who was a kicker for the Giants. He personalized it. Bob Rush, who played uh, was center for the San Diego Chargers. Louis Kelcher, who was a defensive tackle for the Chargers. Uh, Mariano Mario Clark, who played for the Bills, and he signed it in pen with his number. And Neil O'Donoghue, was who was kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and signed it in red sharpie. And also. Those all took a couple weeks. And then baseball, I got uh, pitcher Sonny Siebert, who pitched for the Cleveland Indians and Red Sox and a number of other teams. And he charges $7 per autograph. He signed his 1965 uh, card, Tops card, which he, I, I got at a uh, local uh, comic book store for 25 cents and his 1972 Tops card, which I got at a card show for a dime. So uh, very cool to get those back. And then lastly, very happy to get this one back. I got um, 1966 top card top card signed by hall of famer orlando cepeda I had sent it to him uh two or three weeks ago and he's uh with ten dollars donation and he signed it nice blue sharpie and uh very happy to to get that back so i've had had a pretty good week about 15 returns and i've got a bunch that i've sent out as well so i know drew got four returns and we'll uh we can re- review that next week as i said we had some technical difficulties so i'm actually re-recording this week's show then that wraps up Returns to the Week. Next up will be our TTM Cast interview. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. We had the pleasure of interviewing Susie or the Suze LeJudai. She uh, has a great newsletter, e newsletter called The Card Chat. She is on Instagram and on uh, Twitter as Yanks Chick, Y A N ex chick and uh she has a lot of great content she works for golden as an editor she's also worked at tops as in the marketing department marketing communications manager and as well as uh beckett as an editor and she has some great takes so we talk about what's going on in the hobby what's going on with fanatics and all, all sorts of stuff so please enjoy my interview with the Suze, Suze lejudai coming up but here's a message from our friends at csg first 
Out with the old and in with the new collector approved CSG label. The time is now to take advantage of the reduced reholder fee of just $5 per card when resubmitting your sports cards. Showcase your collection with our new black, silver, and gold label that will complement the colors of any sports card. The special $5 reholder fee is available until June 30th. Head to csgcards.com for details. Welcoming to the program is the Suze, Suze Ledudai. Suze is a uh, hobby influencer. She is a writer. She is a content creator. She uh, has, currently works at uh, Golden Auction. She's a head editor at Golden Auction. She's also worked at Beckett and Tops and Culturefly. She has uh, been featured in a 2017 Allen Ginter card. And we're going to talk about that in a second, really embarrassed, Suze. <laughs> and she just is, is, loves the hobby. And we're going to talk, talk everything that's been going on in the hobby with, with Suze. So welcome to the program. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I, I think we, we spoke about maybe about a year and a half ago, and there's been just so much that's been going on in the hobby. But first, I really want to embarrass you because uh, I saw when I saw this, this the other day, I said, oh, no, her speaking fee is going to go up. <laughs> if you guys hadn't known, no, Suze was featured. She When she worked at Top, she was featured on 2017 Allen Ginter card. And they put in four autograph cards, if I'm correct, right? Suze, uh, oh, no, it's 10 autograph. 10 autograph cards. I apologize. Yeah. 10 autograph cards in the Allen, Allen Ginter set that year. And one of them just got sold. Uh, for $221.50, $221.50. And that must have surprised the heck out of you. Well, you know, the funny thing is, so two others have appeared on eBay in the past, but so it's, it's, it, there's a little bit more to the story. So there's t- tops every year. They'll pick, they pick 10 employees to be featured in their, their Allen and Ginther set. Um, it's random. They kind of like pick a name out of a hat. And I was lucky enough to get chosen in 2017. So that you sign 10 cards and they'll, they frame them into these Allen and Ginter frames and then they put it into the product. Um, but they also give you 50 unframed cards, which okay. you can sign and do whatever, you really could do whatever you want. You want to use this wallpaper, you could do that. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, but that year I went to the National Sports Collectors Convention and several people asked like, hey, can I get one of your cards? So I, I said, yeah. So I signed those unframed mini cards, handed them out. And that is what was sold on eBay, which to me, I was like, I gave that to you. I don't know who sold it, but I was like, I gave that to you. You asked for my autograph. Um, But it's a, it's a little crazy to, to know that like, like, who am I? I'm not, you know, I don't throw a baseball. I don't catch a football and somebody, and I actually know who it was because they messaged me later on, not anybody related to me which is even more surprising, um, pay $221.50 for that card, which was is then this, also was, like- Was it someone that you knew? Yeah, somebody that I do know. But the, the crazy thing is, it's like, it wasn't just that this person paid that much money. Somebody else was bidding opposite <laughs> to make it that high. So that's, to me, it's crazy. So it is somebody I do know. They messaged, like I said, they messaged me later, um, but it was not, not a blood relative or- anything like that did you say silly you could have called me up and i would have given you one for nothing i I said why did you do that i would have just sent you one (laughs) so have the the ones that were numbered that were inserted in the packs do you know how much those have have sold for the yeah so one sold for two hundred dollars like 202 or 201 and when it first released another one sold in the 170s range um and then i haven't and then there was actually one that popped up on checkout my cards 
um I feel like several months later for like $30 and obviously somebody bought it I'm like wow you really uh you really <laughs> missed out on some money there you have some money on the table there you got um, a bargain yeah so those uh those are the only of the framed ones those are actually the, I saw one other one so there was another one somebody pulled it in the on the blowout forums and posted okay. it there and they were actually so they planned on keeping it because their daughter was like really excited to get a card of like a woman in the product and I thought that was super cool well you know what my kids and my family always tease me that I'm a D minus list celebrity from being on the podcast and being on the radio so you've been made it to the next level you're like a C, C uh, list a celebrity C now right maybe a C <laughs> <laughs> Well, congratulations. That's very exciting. It's, it, it's, uh, you, you must have been surprised and kind of humbled by the whole thing. Uh, very much so, because like I said, like, I'm, I, I'm not an athlete. Like I didn't, I'm not in movies. I'm not, I don't do any, you know, it's like, and the idea that somebody would spend that much money uh, for like my autograph on a tops card just blows. Like I can't even, my brain doesn't even comprehend it. It's just so crazy. Have you talked to any of your former coworkers about it? Do they do they tease you about it? Uh no, you know, I posted it on my social medias because then I was like, I had to tell everybody. Um, they all kind of just liked it and they're like, this is cool. We we joked about it back then, like questioning, like, I wonder how much that card is gonna sell for, you know, just as a sort of like uh bragging grace, like whose card's gonna sell for the most. <laughs> We've had a real uh tumultuous time in the hobby, right? In the last since the beginning of the year. Um, with fanatics and, and then purchasing tops uh, what you what was your initial uh, take on fanatics come in and just kind of um, trying you know strong arming the hobby and taking over all the the rights to produce cards yeah I mean they came in and they have the baseball to make the rights to make baseball cards um, which is insane knowing that tops has been in this business for 70 years um, making baseball cards. It's the sort of only sport of like the main ones that has continuously made trading cards for that long. Like there's been no breaks like in football and basketball. Um, so, and then they came in and got football and basketball and only hockey is now still with upper deck. Um, but to me, like admittedly for me, um, as a sort of longtime card collector, I appreciated a time when we had multiple companies creating cards. Um, you know, a lot of my favorite baseball cards happen to be upper deck cards, happen to be Fleer cards, you know? Yep. Um, so it, it's, it's a, if as, as a collector, you know, it's a little tough to deal with. Like we, we've had exclusives for a very long time, decades at this point. Um, but I think it's sometimes whenever there's like a license that you know is coming up because the deal's four or five years at a clip, fanatics is 20 years so this this is happening and it's gonna be happening for a long time um but i think whenever those licenses previously came up you're always kind of hopeful like oh maybe the companies like the leagues and the in the and the players associations will do something a little different this time um they did not <laughs> they went all in yeah hey, it was a um, money grab right it was a money yeah. grab really i mean for, for the for the for the player associations it actually makes a lot of sense yeah um they have equity now like they they're going to be making more money and for the players it makes a ton of sense before they were just getting it on a contract like they didn't they weren't bought in sort of so to speak to the um to to the money like how much money was being made um having said all that um when tops was acquired by fanatics to me that was the only right answer like that was the only thing that really made sense um, so while initially I was disappointed, um, 
fanatics then buying tops to ensure that baseball cards will always be produced with the tops name um, was the right choice. And the only thing that really made sense at that point. Do you think as a collector, it's good for the, co uh, for the collector in terms of um, more availability of cards, uh, better quality of cards, um, better uh, buy-in from the players, all that kind of stuff? I think it's one of these situations where only time will tell. You know, I don't, I don't know specifically what Fanatics has planned. I don't know how their quality will be. I don't know what the customer service will be like. I don't, um, I don't know what their availability of cards will be as far as like, you know, will I be able to go to hobby shops? Will I be able to go to Target? Um, that kind of stuff. I do know that seemingly um, they are pulling in their reins when it comes to distributors. It seems that as though um, they are more of a direct-to-consumer company, and that's something they have touted for a very long time. They're direct-to-consumer. So they want to get like cards into the hands of collectors directly and not using middlemen, which is essentially the distributors. Um, right. And I think they're feeling that pinch already. Do you think, um, you know, 2022 Top Series 1 seems to be very prevalent. You go to a Target or Walmart, it doesn't seem like it, it's too difficult to find a Series 1, even with the, the Wanda Franco mania, right? Is Do you think um, they're really, they're taking the supply, uh, out the supply crunch out of the, the market and making it less of an investment product and more of just a, a everyday product for people you know for um for series one baseball um it's everywhere i literally bought packs today at wawa and for people yeah. who don't know what wawa is it's like a convenience like 7-eleven just way better um it's a convenience store you can buy food and drinks and get gas and whatever um but to me flagship products like series one and series two and update they should run the pr presses on them they should be printed so that Anybody who wants to buy a pack of cards will be able to get one, but that's not for every product. I mean, specifically for tops, you know, they're, they're putting out like 50 baseball products in a year, so they can make products for every type of collector. So for people who want to be able to rip a pack of cards, their flagship product, for my opinion, should be available for everybody. But like there are very exclusive products and those should always, and those will be less printed. Like those are all, some of them are all hobby exclusive. Some of them will be, you know, tops.com exclusive and those should be limited, but a flagship car product like series one, like run the presses, make it, make it so that if I want to go buy a pack of cards right now, I can. Right. I mean, over during, uh, COVID last couple of years, you couldn't find cards at all. And now, I mean, I was just down in Atlanta this past weekend and, and there were tops cards all over the place. And off in Massachusetts, there's, there's tops cards. I'm sure you just said, wow, wow, food markets has them. And uh, I, I think it, it's good that they're getting cards into the hands of collectors and hopefully kids. Um, there was a real, the hobby was kind of up in arms with this Wanda Franco one of one platinum card that was found in a, a Walmart in, in uh, California. Um, as opposed to being found in a hobby shop or something. What's your thoughts on that? I loved it. I love that it was in a retail product. I think it's cool because again, like just because you're paying for a hobby box doesn't mean you should be the only person who has the opportunity to pull a really special card. Um, there are hobby exclusive like parallels, like the clear parallels in flagship. Um, and that's, so that's on the odds. That's the, it's on the pack. So you should know going into it exactly 
what you're getting. Um, I loved it. That, that, that's really what I'm glad. I'm like, I was like, I knew people were going to be like upset about it, but I was like, yeah, good for this retail pack. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's nice that someone went in and bought a $20, uh, you know, uh, blaster box and, and came away with the $78,000 card just out of pure uh, happenstance. I mean, I don't, me as a collector, I bet buy more blaster boxes than I do hobby boxes. I'm not sure about you, but it's, I think it's great for the hobby. Yeah. I mean, I buy a little bit of mix, you know, sometimes I'll buy, um, sorry, sometimes I buy, um, um, hobby boxes. Like I did buy, um, for flagship, I bought, um, the jumbo boxes that comes with yep. like three kids. So I bought one for myself and one for my husband. We opened some, um, but then, you know, for heritage, I did buy a black, I bought a hobby box, but I also bought a bunch of blasters. Um, you know, I just bought some packs today for series one. So it's a little bit of a mix. Like sometimes I just want to open something and like, whether it be a blaster or packs or a hanger box. Um, but sometimes I'll open a hobby box depending on the product. Do you, I know you're a baseball person. Do you uh, buy the football and basketball cards as well? Is that something you're into? It depends. You know, it really depends on how I feel. Baseball is number one for me. Like I love baseball. It's number yeah. one. Um, I do have some um, unopened basketball products that happen to be just sitting on my dining room table waiting for like a rainy day um, for when I want to scratch that itch, so to speak, so that I don't like, oh, it's midnight and, you know, Target's not open and there's no Walmarts near me. <laughs> so <laughs> I, have this, I have this retail uh, mega box sitting here that I'll, I will open. Now, are you into the NFTs at all? The NFTs have really taken uh, hold. You know, I know Topps just released their Series 1 NFTs and uh, NFT, the NFT market is crazy. They had the 1952 Mickey Mantle NFT Tops that, that released that went for $700,000. Is that something you're into uh, or, or explored at all? Not really. I mean, I definitely, I own a couple of NFTs just because I wanted to test it out. So like I opened an NBA Top Shot pack um, I have some companies like sort of sort of like random one-off projects that people have worked on, um, but it's not really for me. It's not something that I'm particularly into. I prefer to have something tangible. Like I'm a card collector, um, and if I want to like check out my collection, I want to hold it. I want to look at it. Yep. Um, so having a digital sort of asset of something doesn't really appeal to me as much. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with them. It's just not for me. Are you a card grader? Do you send stuff off to PSA or CSG or have you been uh, getting your cards graded as well? Um, I haven't recently. I mean, there's been a ginormous backlog. So I just kind of, but um, I've never been a big grader because I don't sell my cards. So I'm not a big seller. Um, I love collecting. So, <laughs> so like I have a lot of cards. Having said that, um, I definitely have graded cards more of the sense of I want to protect my, my, my cards. So I'll, I'll get them graded to put them into like the hard cases. Um, and also just like, the, you know, I have some really cool cards that, you know, while I am a collector, I do still enjoy knowing the value of the cards and like what they would do if I happen to sell them, even though I'm never going to sell them. Um, so it's that kind of thing. I really... I get, I get grading, but it's not something that for me, that is like on the forefront of something I want to do with my collection, just because, um, I like buying cards and then if I'm grading them, I'm <laughs> buying less cards. 
true, true. We're speaking with the Suze, Suze Judai. She is um, a head editor at Golden. She Before, she worked at uh, Beckett and Tops as a marketing manager. She writes a, a fabulous newsletter called Card Chat. It comes out every week, and it, it is uh, covers everything that's going on in the hobby. She is on Twitter at Yanks Chick. That's Y-A-N-X Chick on Twitter and on Instagram, and she posts all the time. She loves the uh, the New York Yankees and Derek Jeter, <laughs> much to my chagrin as a Red Sox fan. But <laughs> I respect I respect Mr. Jeter. So, <laughs> is there is there is there a Derek Jeter card that you don't have? Oh, there's lots of Derek Jeter cards I don't have. Um, I have, you know, I've logged because what I have and what I've logged are two very different things. Okay. So I've logged about twenty seven hundred cards that wow. I have, different cards. I probably have closer to 3000 different Jeter cards. Like if, if I'm like figuring it all out, um, he has a, like 20,000 cards on the market. So there is a lot I don't have. Um, some of them obviously are like really limited. One of ones, one of two, yep. one of five. And I'll, I, I'll never own the majority of those, but it's okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to own every card in existence. Cause I've, I've come to terms with that. Like, personally that I'll never own every card. Um, so I just try to, one thing is I'm trying to actually like get all of his earliest cards. Um, so actually during the pandemic, when like everything was going crazy, I completed the 1992 run for, so that was the first year, 30 years ago, his first cards came out and I completed the 90 to 92 run. I'm very, very close to completing 93. Um, so my goal is to, you know, finish up those 92 to like 96 years. Um, first and then kind of fill in where I need it in other places. In your time in the hobby, have you had a chance to meet him? Yeah, I, um, not even not through the hobby though. I used I was a sports journalist before um, I started working at Beckett. Um, I was a sports writer for 15 years and through that I got to meet him several different times because I'm based in New York. Um, so the first time was I had an internship at a local New York City you know, TV news station working in the sports team and um, for doing a great job. They were like, hey, why don't you go with a camera and go to Yankee Stadium and uh, interview Derek Jeter? And I'm like, wow, that's that's a, OK. I will do that. <laughs> um, so it was cool. I actually, you know, I got there and it was his first game. He like had gotten injured that season and didn't actually have opening day. So it was like his first um game of the season um so you know I just asked it's like one of those scrums after the game so I just I asked him a question um another time was uh, when they had the all-star game in uh, I think 2008 at Yankee Stadium same thing I got to go up there and meet him uh 2009 they're in the World Series they played the Phillies and I was covering the Phillies at the time so um you know I've gotten to interview him several different times did you get starstruck at all it was no no I've been maybe the first time because I was like you know, 20, 21 years old, you know, fresh out, you know, still in college and doing it. Um, so I, I did it. I probably at the time, cause people were like, well, what did he, what did you ask him? And I know, remember what I asked him, like, what did he say? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't, I do not know what he said. <laughs> um, but since then, you know, I, you know, I got it all out of my system then. And, and it's been, it's cool because then after, you know, over the years, you just end up meeting and talking to so many different athletes that eventually like you're, they're just people who happen to be really good at something. Um, but at the end of the day, they're all just people. True. Now, are you on eBay or do you go on eBay and, and purchase cards on eBay? Yeah. 
But what's your what's your thought um, with eBay's authentication program with CSG and PSA? Um, do you think that's that that's a plus for both the collector and the um, the seller? You know, it's funny when it when it, was, it started. You know, there's there's obviously with anything that happens, there's pros and cons. And one of the concerns, like people were saying, was like, oh, now it's going to take longer for me to get my cards. And I'm like, when I started buying cards on eBay, it was weeks before I saw my card. Like I had to write a check that check had to clear and then I would get my cards. You're talking like two weeks it would take for me to get my cards. So it's like, I think people have been spoiled because it's like, okay, I'm paying right now. This card is in the mail tomorrow. And by Monday it's on my, it's in my mailbox. Right. Um, I think it's, I think it's a good move. I like it a lot. Um, I do think, especially when things start taking off when people start making lots of money in any industry, not just cards, but in any industry, there's always going to be like scrupulous people who will find ways to defraud you, to scam you, to try to make, you know, you know, to make counterfeits so that this way they can take your money. And I think in this case, there's lots of things eBay needs to do to protect buyers and sellers. But in this case, I think this is one step they needed to take in order to do that. And I really like the fact that they're doing it and, you know, for raw cards and also for P for that part confused me a little bit about PSA also like checking Beckett holders. I don't know. Um, but the fact that they're also doing it for graded cards as well, because unfortunately we've seen like really bad stories of people getting scammed and it's really oh, sad. Um, so I, I'm glad they're taking these steps and I hope that this is just means it's, these are first steps and not like the answer to everything. Cause it's not, but at least their initial steps to help protect buyers and sellers. Because I actually, years ago, I bought a card off of eBay, I don't know, like seven, eight years ago, maybe. Um, it was a Mariano Rivera 92 Bowman rookie card. The one where he's the, like- the, the, the worst card ever. Oh yeah, the one where he's- Him in his bar mitzvah suit, basically. Exactly, he's in street clothes. It's a ridiculous card, obviously. But it's like, it, for me, like I'm a Yankees fan. Like that's, that's Mo, I, need, I needed that card. So I buy the card raw and love it. I'm like excited, I get the card, this is cool. And I go to uh, the White Plains show and the Beckett dealers are there, the Beckett graders are there because they're doing raw card reviews. And I go, and I'm like, hey, check out my card. Like, it looks great. The centering is good. It's like, you know, no ding corners. And they literally picked it up and they're like, this is fake. Oh. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Why don't you just stab me in my heart? <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, how do you know? And they knew because of how it felt. The paper, the paper was wrong. And I was just like, this is unbelievable. I'm like, I can't. And like, while in this case, I think I only spent like somewhere like $75 for the card. So it wouldn't have fallen under like the eBay authentication program that happens with CSG. Um, it was still, dis it was so disappointing. Like I was really upset because I'm like, I really wanted this card and I get this card and I, I'm over the moon about it. And like you said, it's like, they just stab me in the heart to tell me this was a fake card. And it was like, so it's not like it's any, this is anything new. Like I said, this was seven, eight years ago that this happened and who knows how many, you know, how long these kinds of things have been happening. So it's a finally a good step in the right direction. Yeah. I, I can, I, I can empathize with you because, you know, I do uh, autographs and TTM. So you never know when you send an autograph request out to somebody if, when it gets back, if it, if the person actually signed it. Right. So every once in a while I'll post something and someone will go, Nope, that's not his autograph. And it's just like, oh, yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> I I requested in good faith. I sent them my card and someone signed it, but it wasn't him. It just, it really hurts. Yeah, <laughs> it that's really, really tough. 
I mean, you saw that, I mean, you see that from even like, you know, back in the day, like the fifties and sixties where like, somebody's like, oh, I have this Mickey Mantle autograph ball. And then like, you know, the authenticator comes and they're like, nope, this is a clubhouse. Yeah, the clubhouse guy did it. I'm sure there's Babe Ruth autographs out there that some, some clubhouse boy was, was signing and it's been running rampant, but they're getting more sophisticated. And I was kind of, I kind of had my eyes shut to this. I didn't really know it was as rampant as it was until it's, it's come out recently. And I've said, had some people on the show uh, talking about it. And uh, I guess it's good that it brought, it's brought to light because it's something, uh, you know, as a collector, you want to be, you, you want to get what you purchase, right? You don't want to be screwed. And there's, there's no uh, government protection per se for something like this. And it's, I think it's a, it's a good step taken by eBay um, in your, in your um, newsletter, which is called card chat. Um, you brought to light something that I really didn't, consider and i it seemed to get a lot of play in terms of how uh women are treated in this this hobby um and can you just discuss it it was it was very um i don't know it was nice to see the people uh come back that oh that shouldn't happen and that it's you know there's a place for everyone in the hobby and it was real uh, it was refreshing to see the, all the responses. It wasn't a bunch of male chauvinist pigs, if you know what I mean. <laughs> not, not, not all of them, but <laughs> no, I know. But I'm just saying, no, most of the no, most of those responses I that I saw from your from your story and from your posts were were positive. Very positive, and and you know what? And even that, even the reception that it received um was different than other things I've look that I've said or done in the past. I've I don't generally speak out, but I, that's not to say I, I won't speak out, you know, and there are times where I will 100% speak out because it just hits me hard because, you know, it, it's a male dominated hobby. It's a male dominated industry. And I've had to work hard to get to where I am. And it's like one of those things, like I have to prove I know about cards for people to take me seriously. There was a time when um, I was working at Beckett and, you know, I was the Beckett hockey football and basketball editor. That doesn't happen by accident. You know, they're not going to hire me to do right. that um, just because like, oh, cool. She wrote a blog. Like, like that's not how it works. Um, and I was interviewing somebody and I asked one question though. And before he, he answers, he goes, do you even collect cards? And it was, it wasn't just asking, but it was like the tone and it was so condescending. And I was like, well, actually, and you know, and I, and I rattled and I had to like give him my resume of like <laughs> the cards I collect. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then he would speak to me, you know, and it was just, it's, it's that kind of stuff. That's like frustrating because, um, I may not even realize it at times. So like a lot of the things I actually had written in that card chat newsletter about like how people will ask me questions or how they'll talk to me at card shows for a long time. I didn't know this wasn't even the way that men are, men aren't spoken to because this was my, this was my experience. Right, was my that was your experience. experience. And when I'm telling like my husband, these stories and he's like, people don't speak to me like this at shows. I'm like, really? He's like, <laughs> yeah, nobody speaks to me like this at a show. And I was just like, oh, how about that? <laughs> so then I write this post about like how people speak to me at shows and thinking like, and it was over one, same thing overwhelmingly where guys were like, nobody speaks to me like that. Like this is the, the and like, they were like surprised, but I say like, I remember and there was something that happened many years ago when I was working at Beckett, same thing. I wrote this Beckett post on their website um, about this really cringy, thing one of the card companies had put out which was directed toward women and female collectors and i wrote an op-ed about it and the response there was not 
taken well. You know, they, the people didn't appreciate it. Even the card company didn't appreciate it. Um, but this time around, it was a very different reception of what I wrote and the reaction to it. Even from people I remember giving me a negative reaction then gave me a positive reaction this time. So I can say like things are getting better for women in the hobby um, and things are changing. And even those responses actually, um, it made me feel good to know that, you know, eyes are opening and people are seeing things and, you know, I'm not alone. You know, I used to go yeah. to card shows. It might be the only woman there or like one of like three. Um, and now I go to card shows and there's dealers, there are collectors, they're like moms with their kids showing things. And, and it's awesome because like, you know, I love being around people who love this hobby and just seeing that just like, it warms my heart. It makes me happy. Do you think it's because of the explosion that we we've had in the last couple of years? I mean, it, it really was a closed hobby before in terms of, um, you know, we, we were card collectors, but we never told anyone we were card collectors because it was always a, always a stigma. Oh, you're a card collector. You're a nerd. Or you, what are you doing? Doing what kids are doing. And, and I think it, it's really in the last couple of years, it's become uh, more acceptable in mainstream media and, and people, a lot of new people have come into the hobby. And I think, do you think that's, contributed to the overall um view of women in the hobby yeah i think it has it doesn't hurt you know it's since it is more acceptable i mean for me personally i've always shouted it from the rooftops nobody everybody knew like, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't care i'm like this is what i like i don't know what to tell you this is what i'm into which is funny now because then people from back then who be like you collect cards like not, not because i'm a woman just in general like uh all right like that's nerdy i'm like oh and now they're like hey i have these cards from back in the day can you let me know what they're worth i'm like oh now you want to talk <laughs> yeah now you want to know now, now you want to be my friend okay um but um i think it helped a lot of people um jump into this hobby like during the pandemic because it did it right it became cool like cards are cool like that was josh luber's manifesto right cards are cool um to me cards were always cool but neither here nor there <laughs> But, you know, cards are cool. And, you know, with the proliferation of social media, it's allowed people to share their collection, look at other people's collections. Because one thing to me about this hobby is while my collection is my personal collection and it's very singular to me, this hobby is nothing without the community. And social media has allowed, you know, people to find their community. Cause like, okay, maybe I collect cards and my neighbors don't. So who am I gonna talk about this hobby with? But now I could talk about it on Twitter and I could talk about it in my newsletter and I could write about it on Instagram, you know, and talk on your, on your show. And like, there's so many people that you get to share this hobby with. So now you get to find those people who love it as well. And I think that not just, you know, for men, but like now women are like, oh, they collect cards, like other women collect cards. And it's just, you know, you find your people that way. Yep. I think, I mean, that's one of the reasons I started this, the show was because I couldn't find anyone to talk to about collecting cards because my family didn't want to talk to hear me talk <laughs> about cards. So I said, good, I'll find people that want love cards just as much as I do. And, yeah. and I, you know, I think that's what you've done with, with your newsletter and, and your content, because it, it's just fantastic content and I, I look forward to it why don't you let people know how they can um subscribe and, and find your your card chat newsletter which is, is outstanding 
Thank you. Um, so it's at cardchat.substack.com. Um, and if that's like, you don't remember that, you can also go to my Twitter profile or my Instagram pro profile and click on you know the link in the bio and it'll send you right there as well. Yeah, and I think we have the link on, on our podcast website, but if I don't, I'll put it, I'll make sure it's on there. So if you guys want to go to uh, sign up for it, it's a great newsletter. It comes out weekly and the topics are always just spot on and I just really enjoy it. And I enjoy uh, your posts. Uh, Suze is at uh, Yanks Chick, which is uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. It's Y-A-N-X-C-H-I-C-K on Twitter and Instagram. Are you on Facebook as well? I'm sorry. Um, I am, but it's, that's, I don't really post. I don't post. I don't like Facebook. So <laughs> okay. A lot on Facebook. It's well, more like, with, oh, what is family up to? We're this speaking week. with Suze uh, LeJudice. Again, Suze is a content creator and she works for um, uh, Golden, Golden Auctions yeah. as a head editor. She worked at Tops as a marketing commission, commissions, communications manager. That's easy for me to say, and as well as Beckett as that are doing uh, hockey and basketball. And she worked for a company called Culture Fly as a marketing manager as well. So she has been deep in the hobby for, for a long time. Um, what have you been doing with Golden? Uh, you know, you, you haven't been there for too too long, but what, what, are, what are some of your responsibilities at Golden? Yeah, um, I initially started as, um, like you mentioned, the head of editorial, where I oversaw the team that wrote the descriptions that went on all the like the auction listings. Mm -hmm. um, but I since have moved over to uh, more of like the marketing content side where I work in on developing the strategies for like the different auctions and campaigns, like helping the different teams sort of uh, work together um, so that it's more of a seamless transition when we're working on the different campaigns. Do you see the hobby continuing on up, up uh, hill track in terms of, um, you know, value of cards, more people getting into the hobby and, um, you know, with the proliferation, that's a good word for me, uh, of cards by fanatics. Um, you know what I mean? Do you, do you see it continually uh, having an upswing and a growth? Um, I see it. Um, I still see it going up. Um, I don't think it's, it has this sort of like hyper growth that we saw, we saw during like 2020 when everybody was at home for the pandemic. Um, but I do see it still increasing and gaining in value because um, there's more people have entered, you know, and I think those people, not everybody, but like the people come in, they stick around and like they enjoy it. Um, but I also think with fanatics, like they're going to throw everything they can at this. Like they put a lot of faith into this hobby and a lot of stuff behind it. So I think they're going to do everything they possibly can to make sure that happens. And um, I think we're just seeing more, because sometimes people are like, oh yeah, these, uh, it's correcting, you know? And I don't actually think that's the case at all. I just think it's back to a more cyclical um, valuation, so to speak, yep. where, you know, this is a time for baseball cards and basketball and football is down. And then come August football goes back up and come September, October basketball goes back up. And, you know, it's like, we've, we've seen those markets go up and down throughout the year. And I just think you're back to a, um, a sort of cyclical market. From uh, you personally, have you started using uh, technology as part of to, to manage your collection, you know, card ladder or collects uh, dot app or any of the, the other apps that are out there? Um, I use card ladder a lot. Um, not so much for managing my collection. I use, I just use Google sheets for that, like to log on my Jeter cards. Um, but I use card ladder all the time because I, I like looking at their data and see what's interesting. Um, I use it for work a lot when we're discussing different like cards and things of different value. Um, I just like looking at it, like 
I'm trying to think like most recently I was looking at the prospects that came up this year, like Bobby Wood Jr. and Spencer Torkelson and just seeing their card indexes and how they've sort of changed from, you know, when they first, the cards first came out to all the way up to when they made their major league debut. And even what's been happening to their cards since their major league debut. Um, I, I really, I, while again, I talk about like, I don't sell cards and I don't, I still enjoy that side of the hobby. Um, just sort of seeing like the different value fluctuations of the, of these cards. Does um, Golden have any auctions that you want to promote coming up or anything that, that, that you'd like to yeah, I mean, they have a big one going on right now. It ends May 21st. Um, it is the May Golden Elite, and it has, like, really amazing items, and not just sports. Um, it has comics, like, million-dollar comics, and it has amazing game-use memorabilia, like basketball jerseys of, like, Julius Irving and LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, like, really cool stuff that we haven't seen before. Um, there's actually a Jeter SP BGS 9.5 in there, um, which – you know, not as crazy as the PSA 10 that was in the last auction that sold for $600,000. Um, but that's still like a really stellar car. So it, they have some really good stuff going on right now. And it, it ends May 21st. And there'll be another one starting just a couple of days later after that with uh, a lot more cars in it. Um, and the, their web address is golden.co. So golden.co. Check it out, golden.co, see what uh, their current auction is. And then is there a newsletter that someone can sign up for so that they can be made, made aware of what's going on? Yeah. So if you go to golden.co, there is a, I think if you go to the bottom of the screen, there's a spot that actually says like newsletter. I'm trying to see if I'm making that up right now. No, <laughs> it says newsletter and you click on that. And then there's a place where you could put your email address. Well, we're speaking with Suze. La Judai. See, I didn't mess up your name once this time, Suze. <laughs> <laughs> and Suze is a content creator. She has a, a great uh, card chat newsletter that you should go sign up for. She's also on Twitter, on Instagram as under uh, as Yanks Chick, Y-A-N-X Chick on Twitter and Instagram. She's posting all the time. Um, you have a, a, a podcast as well? I do not. No, I just go on other people's podcasts. Okay. <laughs> how about you do you have youtube or um or uh one day talk? i keep i keep saying like i'm gonna start a youtube channel and then i just i don't <laughs> maybe one day <laughs> me, me it'll too. eventually happen <laughs> are you yeah are you uh gonna be attending the the national this year in atlantic city yeah i'll be at the national atlantic city I used to live down there so I'm looking forward to going to see my old stopping grounds, but, you know, I always look forward to the national getting to see, you know, cards are cool, but nothing's cooler than getting to see the, you know, the people that you have, you know, build relationships with in this hobby. Is there anything specifically you're looking forward to add to your collection at the national or uh, any of the athletes you're looking to uh, forward to perhaps get their autographs? No, no. <laughs> no. I, I've actually, I've been to what, like 10, 11 different nationals now. And it, honestly, like I, there's times where I've come back with nothing. Like it's Is just, it, yeah. do, you, do you have uh, uh, an athlete that you'd like to meet? Uh, you know, I know you're a Yankee fan, or, you know, Mario Rivera, or is there somebody that you haven't met that you'd like to meet? I would love to meet Anthony Rizzo. I, I actually really like him. I liked him when he was on the Cubs. And uh, I, I thought his story was really like special. And I really liked him when he was on the Cubs. And last year, while we were at the National, we were in Chicago. And while we were there, he got traded to the Yankees. And I was very excited because, again, 
Rizzo fan. And sadly, I was the only one excited because we were in Chicago and you had these little poor little kids who were like really <laughs> upset about this trade and like on the verge of tears. I'm like, this is great. And they're just like giving me these dirty looks. I'm like, sorry, kids. Um, so he would be cool to me. Cool. I've met most of, um, because I was in journalism, I've pretty much met like um, everybody from those like core four years. Um, so yeah. Very nice. Well, Suze, thank you for joining us. Suze LeJudai, she is all over social media. Uh, is the Yanks chick on Twitter, on Instagram. She has a great newsletter, card chat newsletter. I'll put the link up on our podcast website. You can uh, click right there to, to link into it and sign up for it. It's free. She is, uh, will be at the National. If you're going to be attending the National, make sure you say hello. Um, and she's a great ambassador for, for the hobby. She Her, her content is class a one it's it's probably some of the best content out there she you you always post something that's thought-provoking which i really enjoy because you get me thinking about stuff that i don't necessarily think about which i think is is uh really cool oh i appreciate that that's like honestly that's probably one of the best compliments somebody can give me because I do love this hobby. You said something earlier that kind of it resonated with me because I've said this before, where like, you know, when I worked at Tops, people would say like, what's your job at Tops? And instead of trying to explain my entire job, I would just say, I want people to love cards as much as I do. And you said that earlier. And I was like, yep, that's how, and then that's how I feel about cards. Cool. Well, great. Thank you, Suze. I really appreciate it. And I, again, uh, you've been so helpful to me personally. And always, uh, if I had a question, you are, you're always there to, to answer a question for me. And I appreciate you helping out my family. And it was just great to have you back on the show again. Well, thank you again for having me. All right. Thank you. Well, that wraps uh, up our show. I want to apologize to Drew. We had uh, technical difficulties in terms of uh, getting my record our recording done so i'm re-recording this show but uh drew, drew want to thank you thank you for, for your patience and, and guys uh that are listening thank you i want to thank susan judai for her time she was outstanding uh, i hope you enjoyed my interview with her uh please register to win uh artist gilmore's new book which is called here comes the atrium it's available on youtube uh you can send me your name and mailing address too ttmcast at yahoo.com or text it to 978-729-0662. And we're going to, we will pick a winner of the artist Gilmore's new book next week. Um, next, next week we have Ray Schulte, who is communications manager at uh, director. I'm sorry, director of communications at the national. And we're going to talk everything's national. And I have, we speak with Nick Anderson, Nick and Nick Andrews. I'm sorry, Nick Andrews, who's collecting the 1986 flair basketball set autographs so we're going to talk to nick about his quest to get the 1986 flare uh, basketball set autograph um that is about it i'm going to wrap it up i want to wish everyone a great week wishing many everyone many happy returns we'll see you next week